Hello and welcome to the EFL Fantasy Podcast. My name is Jamie and I'm with my co-host Angus. Angus, how are you? I'm very good, Jamie. How are you? Yeah, not bad. Pretty exciting stuff. Um, well, two things really. As um, some may be able to see, we are now on YouTube. This is our first episode, so bear with us. Um, we've had about an hour of technical difficulties um, that we've managed to just get sorted out. So thank you, Joel, for coming to save the day on that. And the second thing you might notice, especially them on YouTube, is the black screen below me um, is where Dan would be. He's not here tonight. Um, he's welcomed home his newborn baby boy um, with his wife. So congratulations to Dan. Um, so it's just me and you then tonight, Angus. Yeah. Um, um, looking forward to it. Yeah, I've just realised, um, because I've been that busy trying to sort all the technical difficulties out, I've got nothing open that I need for this podcast. <laughs> Nothing at all. So yeah, great start. Um, so for the audio listeners who are listening to the usual audio platforms, exactly the same for you guys. The only difference is on YouTube, um, we've got some graphics um, that we'll be putting on the screen as we're talking about them. So that will hopefully be um, pretty cool. So game week 18 then. So we'll get our scores up. Um, those on YouTube... That was Angus's team. As you can see, that's my team. So 61 minus four this week for me, Angus. Absolutely abysmal. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it was a tough, tough week. So um, my point scorers, Mitrovic captain, so got me 20. Slanky, vice captain, 12. Willock, 11. And nobody else got into double figures other than Giles, who was first up on my bench. So um, disaster of a week, really, 2.8. K game week rank and that's took me down to 115th now. Um you Angus, how did you go? Uh not much better really. Uh 66. Um I guess Townsend 7, Mitrovic captain 20, Piro 10, Solanke vice captain 12. Uh not much else really to speak of for, uh, apart from that. I mean I had Carvalho and Wallace on the bench, which was a little bit annoying, but I didn't think Carvalho would start. And Wallace, I certainly didn't see the clean sheet coming. So, um, yeah, not a great week, obviously. A lot of the sort of, I mean, the midfield is a set of twos and everything. So, um, hopefully, it's only going to get better again. It's got to get better, hasn't it? Um, yeah. It's difficult to take because I saw some big scores in there, and I think the people who are near the top. They generally got around about 80-plus, so yeah. I fell well short of that. So, And I can't really blame anything. It was just one of them weeks where my players just didn't turn up all at once. Yeah. So um, One of them, so yeah, not ideal. What we'll do now then is we'll go into our normal game review, where we'll review every single game from the weekend. And we will start, Angus, with Swansea versus Blackpool. So those on YouTube got a graphic there um obviously you got the goal score at the top assists in the middle and then who got bonus points at the bottom um you're going to do the home teams aren't you, angus and yeah i will cover down and do the away team so swansea them yeah so um only one change for them uh cabango came in for bennett who was suspended um they went close near the start and cham nearly got piro in they shouted for a penalty. It wasn't um, against Ekpeteta. 
The second one um, that Laird had a shout for, I didn't think was a penalty either. Um, Piro with a, an absolute screamer to give Swansea the lead. Um, he claims to be left-footed. If, if that's his weaker foot, that's a hell of a strike. <laughs> uh, there, there was then another another penalty shout um, against Grimes. Uh, not a penalty there. Um, there was three on Laird, weren't there? Yeah, the last one on Laird, that one's a penalty. Yeah, all day, um, I agree. That's the one they should have had. I'm not sure how they haven't given it. And that one they can feel a bit hard done by on. Um, I thought they weren't they weren't quite as good second half. I mean, Blackpool obviously came back at them a bit, which I'm sure you'll cover. But I just thought that that they, they weren't as good. They sort of conceded uh, one, probably could have conceded another. Um, concern for them will be uh, the keeper on particularly corners coming into the box. The goal came when he didn't punch the ball away well enough. They almost conceded again when he didn't punch the ball far away enough and he looked a bit frantic whenever there were sort of balls near him uh, crossed into the box so that would be a slight concern for them but I guess it's a, it, it's a it's a point on the board and um on balance that was that was probably fair from their side it's someone who brought Ethan Laird in this week <laughs> when I saw the highlights I was so gutted I think the third one's 100% a penalty yeah. I think the second one, I agree. I don't think it is, but I you you see them given, yeah. Um, so that could easily have been a penalty as well. So, yeah, that was quite devastating from a Blackpool point of view. Um, they're just very likable. I don't know if you agree. Um, I don't know what it is about them. They've just that typical Championship side. There's nothing special there, but they work really well as a team, and you kind of. You kind of adopt them as a second team. You want them to do well. Um, so that led me to think um, about gaffer assets because obviously they're cheap. Um, and I, I'm struggling, if I'm honest with you. I'm not going to lie. Um, I haven't actually got anyone. Um, I was having a look at them. They shape up a 5-4-1. Um, Anderson, who got the goal, obviously he's classed as a forward, so that's not ideal for us, similar to um, a Thomas and an Anthony if he was classed as a midfielder, he'd definitely be on your radar, but I don't think you could go there. Um, the one, if I had to just pick one, would be Mitchell. So we all talked about him in pre-season. He's 3.9 million. He plays right wing, but he doesn't play 90 minutes a lot. So that's a downfall. They have got Luton in game with 21 for all the people who are going to play the budget buster um, then. But... <sighs> I don't think I'd go there myself. Would you agree or would you disagree with me? Is there any anybody else you'd have a look at? So there's two I like. And I do like Keshi Anderson. I've mentioned him before. But again, it's the problem of the forward spot thing. For me, Marvin Ekpeteta, um plays every game. So whilst you have a little bit of a concern with Mitchell, he's even since he returned to fitness, he's been in and out. He rotates with... Um, I think it's Bowler on the right-hand side, so that's a slight issue. Um, Ekpeteta, they're quite good defensively, and you're not investing a great deal to get him in. And I would say Jordan Gabriel as well. Um, even with Sterling coming back in, Gabriel still kept his place. And um, 
I know me and Dan were looking at it, I think, in the international break. And Gabriel's actually been doing quite well for bonus points. He he gets reasonably forward and puts balls into the box and things like that, which means that he he actually sort of accumulates some bonus points. Um, so those two, I think, at particularly, you know, 4.5 or lower are potentially viable assets from Blackpool. I think Gabriel's the one you look at on the eye test. Every time I watch yeah. the highlights, Gabriel is very um, advanced um, in terms of getting up the pitch. Um, it just, it's not for me, but if he could turn more than performances into points, then maybe I'd have a look at it. But it's, I want to get one in because I like them, but I just don't think it's for me yet. Um, you wanted to speak about Perot, didn't you? Yeah, so obviously um, we didn't, I remember I was recording before the season started and we talked about Perot and we knew very little about him. They'd gone out and spent reasonable money on him, but we knew nothing about him. Um, the more I've seen this season, the more I think that they've got a real find here. Um, and I just thought it was worth mentioning. I mean, obviously he's done well for me, but he's got five goals and two assists in his last seven games. And in if, if you bring that more recent in his last four games, he's got three goals and assists. So he's banging form. He's not necessarily going to get you multiple returns a game, but for a striker that's sort of scoring pretty consistently at this point, I just thought it, it was worth mentioning him. Obviously, the the goal at the uh, the weekend was, was obviously an absolute cracker, which, like I say, given that that's allegedly his weaker foot, like, uh, is very impressive. But we've seen him score all manner of goals already this season as well. You know, there's been sort of, you know, bangers from outside the area. There's been more deft finishes. There's been headers. Like he's he's a big unit as well. So it's like, it, I just wanted to highlight like he's he's done really well recently, and you can do much worse than going with Joel Perot at this point. I think he's probably the best third striker to have. So I'm talking Mitrovic, Solanke, you one and two. And then there's a couple of others in there like Briz and Diaz. Um, I think Perot is the guy. Because like you said at the beginning of the season, I hadn't even heard of him. Um, wasn't too sure what to expect. He scored a couple of goals early on in the season. And I thought, yeah. okay, you know, he started okay. That's decent. But Swansea getting better and he's getting better. So I think it's a good combination to have. Um, Perot will definitely be coming into my team either this week or next week. He's a must for me. Um, but we'll move on then. And Craven Cottage, Fulham 4, Barnes 1. Um, you get the honours of having Fulham and I yeah. get Barnes, so I'll let you take it away with Fulham. Um, so obviously there there were three changes for Fulham, uh, one of which we knew was going to happen uh, in uh, Tete in for Adoy. Uh, Kearney came in for Seri and Fabio Carvalho came in for Bobby Reed. Um Actually, the first chance on the highlights was Rodak making a decent yeah. save. To... <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> when did this happen? Um, and then sort of Fulham sort of really settled in to their sort of rhythm. Um, Hector hit the post. Um, and then the, the cross from Kenny Tete. Like, when you've got a striker like Mitrovic in the, in the sort of middle of the area and they're sort of looking to head things, you put a cross like that in. That that's exactly what he wants all day long, and you know, 
he stuck that away. Um, and I think you know it all. You already saw the extra quality that Kenny Tete brings to the team uh, in that one moment. Um, Carvalho then obviously marked his return to the lineup with a goal. Um, One-two with Mitrovic. Mitrovic doesn't get the assist because there's a, a defender who plays at it um, that changes the direction. So um, doesn't get the assist, but a good finish from Carvalho. Um, after that, Wilson hit the bar when Carvalho pulled it back. They, you know, they they could have had even more in this game. I mean, then you had the third where Wilson picks out Cabano in acres of space at the back post. He he finishes it. Um, they conceded the goal. Um, oh, what a goal to concede! <laughs> also, like Corley Woodrow against his former club with one of the worst headers you could put in. <laughs> um, and then, obviously, that they they finished off the scoring like that just seemed to make them mad. Um, they finished off the scoring with uh, Harry Wilson getting on the score sheet. Lovely sort of dink over the top from Seri just after coming on the pitch, uh, which Wilson then finished. Um, I saw I can't remember if it was on the highlights, but I saw that Carvalho basically missed an open goal as well. Um, I didn't see that, so that you might no. have saw that somewhere else. I haven't seen that. I anything. saw uh, Peter Rutzler tweet about it during the game, who obviously covers Fulham for the Athletic, uh, but it didn't make the highlights. But apparently, Carvalho missed basically an open goal as well, so it really could have been even more. Um, so yeah, Fulham just sort of picking up where they left off, basically. Harry Wilson's really hurting me. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Anybody who's got him, who's like got a decent rank, and he goes off. They capitalise massively because yeah, he's got a goal and assist. He's got the four bonus as well. Yeah, it's massive. And I know I did say I was looking through the top ten on Friday night after the QPR game, um, and I was just looking who people captained. Um, every single person who wasn't on a boost captained Mitrovic, yeah. and eight vice captain Solanke and two vice captains um, Wilson. So they've done really well there. Yeah, um, Barnsley. Oh, when, I, when I started looking through who I've got to do the notes on, believe it. Um, I'm going to be on it. I won't waste nobody's time. I've, I've literally put nobody of interest here. No. Um, they've obviously got the new manager. In. Yeah. Um, I don't know nothing about him. Um, from Sweden, under 21, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know anything about him, I'm going to be honest. He was there to watch. It's just a wait and see um, what he can do with this team. I think there is players there. Um, I'm a big fan of Corey Woodrow normally, but that header was shocking. Um, my only concern, though, is, yes, they, they may improve a bit, but are they going to improve enough for us want to buy their assets at their prices? Because they are priced on last season's yeah. um, results, aren't they? Yeah, my big thing is not so much... I don't think they're going to become assets. I mean, Brad Collins will continue to be an asset, but like he's the only one, but... The big thing for me is whether they're going to move out of targeting territory because at the moment I'm very actively targeting Barnsley. Yeah. And so it's whether the new manager can take them out of that territory for me rather than whether there's anyone I actually want to bring in from them. Yeah. It's a shame to see where they are after last season. Like we knew they'd drop. But yeah. it is a shame. So I hope they do turn it around a little bit. Uh, but not too much so Rob Pitt gloats. We don't want that. Um w- before we move on, you wanted to speak about Fabio Carvalho, didn't you? Yes. So uh, 
I'm one of the few idiots who actually held him all the way through. Um, <laughs> managed to miss his, his return to the lineup on my bench. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's it's just clear yet again. He gets in the team and what a talent. But he was everywhere in their attack. You know, there, there was the goal. He you know, set up the chance for Wilson. I think he set up Mitrovic as well. He could have had another goal. And, you know, Bobby Reed, who's been playing really well, dropped out the team for him. And now he must be thinking, well, shit, what am I going to do? Am I going to even get back in the team? But, um, and I just think, you know, it was a reminder. I know we all sort of remember how well he did at the, at the start of the season and, you know, the returns at the start. And everyone was like, oh, my God. And then he dropped out and, it was sort of like, oh, is almost like, is he ever going to play for Fulham again? Um, but I think it was just, a, it was just a nice reminder of just what a talent he is. Um, and you know, it seems like he's going to play. He's going to play a role as long as he's there. So um, the problem we've got now, though, Angus, with him is, um, and undoubtedly he's brilliant. He really is good. He's like last year's Alisa in the game. I'm devastated he's come back in the team now after I played Budget Buster because he's the ultimate player you want in yep. there, really. Uh, but my concern now is a few of us like ourselves have jumped onto Rodak and goal for his value. So we've got the Fulham defence covered there. Every Tom Dickinary's got Mitrovic um, locked in as captain every week. So there's that third spot. So obviously, yep. Harry Wilson, brilliant, explosive, nine point something million. Cabana was my, yeah. and I planned them all week and ended up changing my mind last minute and bringing Jacob Brown in. But that might be a blessing in disguise because now Carvalho's in the picture. Who, Which midfielder is best? Well, I'm not saying who's best, but the best asset to have because there's difference in prices, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, I, I would probably go back um, before sort of the injury happened, before the foot injury happened, I think that was around the time I recorded the Thursday night pod with Perry about Fulham. Um, I had sort of settled on the best triple up being Mitrovic, Wilson and Carvalho. And particularly for those who haven't gone to Rodak, if they've got, if they've still got more in Lumley or they've gone Travers. I've, I know quite a few people have gone to mm. someone like Travers. I'd possibly be looking like you're going to miss out on Cabano, who I think is, is doing really well. But I'd still be looking very much at ending up on Mitrovic, Wilson, and Carvalho. Are you a bit gutted that you've gone to Rodak now? Because I've said that. Yes. Because you can't. You've got Carvalho, Mitrovic. You can't get to Wilson now at yeah. all without getting rid of one. <laughs> yeah, like I'm. I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to at some point make a keeper transfer, which you never really want to no. do. I'm going to have to make a keeper transfer to get to Harry Wilson or Carvalho. If I decide I'm going to be really different and go with like. Cabano, Carvalho and Mitrovic, I still have to make a keeper transfer to get to one of those other midfielders. So, yeah, it's a little bit of frustration at this point. It is, because I like Rodak. I think he's great value. Yeah. But then, now Wilson just carries on. He's hurting me every week. How can yeah. I not have him? So I can go in next, but then I'm going to want... I want Cabano. I really do like him. And I'm yeah. definitely going to want Carvalho at that price because everybody's going to have him at that price. So then I'm going to be losing out again. I'm back to square one and Fulham are just causing me nightmares. We just need four slots really from each team. We'll yeah. be okay. Um, but yeah, so yeah, we'll move on then from um, Fulham. 
Huddersfield one, West Bromwich Albion nil. Yeah, you get Huddersfield. Yeah, so obviously uh, they had a few changes. Um, Saar, Turton, and High came in for Lees, Hogg, and Holmes. Um, worth noting, albeit he's not a gaffer asset, he's obviously a good player for them. Jonathan Hogg is going to be out for a little while. Um, I think he's out for about six weeks. Okay. Um, which is is not ideal for them, although obviously they they do at least have a couple of options in there in midfield. Um, Sinani gave them a very early lead. Um, West Brom were cut wide open by the ball through, and I thought it was I thought it was just quite funny seeing that almost rather than defend, they just desperately appealed for offside, um, which uh, I guess was telling on their side, but. Um, Ward had a great chance to make it 2-0 for them as well. Um, they, you know, there were a couple of moments where they sort of had to hang on, but all in all, you know, it's a great result for them and they probably deserved it. They're going under the radar, aren't they, Huddersfield? Yeah. Um, they're doing well. I've just had the league table up um, in front of me. They're up to 7th now, just to yeah. points off QPR and 6th. So they're going well. Um, but in terms of Gaffer... I had a look, like a brief look, because I knew you were covering Huddersfield, so I didn't need to. But I had a quick look, and it's just Thomas is frustrating because of his position. He'd be a really good asset. We say this all the time. Um, I know we've mentioned um, Toffolo over the last few weeks, but we're not really that sold on him to bring him in. There isn't really. Is there anybody that you'd bring in right now? Uh, The one, particularly because everyone's sort of planning towards Budget Buster and everything, is Colwell. Uh, the centre-back who's on loan from Chelsea. Um, good player. He plays every game. They're pretty good defensively. So, particularly for the price, um, I'd I'd look at him, like I say, particularly because so many people are planning towards Budget Buster. He's probably the one I'd look at at this point. And who do they play in game week 21 when most people are going to play Budget Buster? Do you know? No. Barnsley. Yeah. I knew they had a decent game because I know that I was looking through at one point and thinking I need to get a Huddersfield defender for 21. So I knew it was I knew it was such a good option. To be honest, the run's not bad now. They've got QPR away, which yeah. will be tough, but they'll give QPR a game, definitely. They've then got Middlesbrough, Barnes in 21, Coventry, Bristol City, Blackpool, Forest, Blackburn. So they don't play any of the big sides, really. Um, so that might be one to look at. Um in, with my team, how I've got to sort my team out the minute. Obviously, I'm not going to go for, for that. But for people on budget buster, I yeah. think that's definitely an option. Um, West Brom, then, dearie me, West Bromwich Albion, what is going on? Um, Furlong and AJ were benched. Was that injury wise? Do you know, or just just nope. a random benching for yeah. Ismail again? <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, so that's obviously not good because people have got... We sold Furlong on the pod team, didn't we? To start yep. planning for the budget buster because we had him and Townsend. So we got kind of lucky there. But Furlong and Ajay on the bench, that quite surprised me when I saw the lineups. Um, yeah. I don't really know what Ismail's thinking is, but he's done it anyway. They've had 20 shots in this game, but only two on target. So that's a worry. And we have mentioned this over the last few weeks about their forwards not worth the pricing. Um, they've only won three of the last eight, which I found 
quite interesting. Um, but the only good thing is their fixtures 22 to 26 are pretty decent. So if they can get over this rook, yeah, I've got good fixtures. But the problem is, are you going to pay for them players? Because how I see it, it's Townsend or nobody for me. And I haven't got anybody at all so far. Would you agree or is there anybody you'd put a name on? No, I mean, I, I looked at one point because I think I think Ajayi just hasn't been that great for them this season. And so Ishmael's just sort of looked for other other options. Um, I looked at one point to see even if there was a cheap way into the defence through someone like Bartley or Clark, but they're quite high priced as well. So it's not really worth it. So, yeah, for me, I'd probably only be going with Townsend at this point. I mean, I have Townsend. He's got me another seven-pointer in this game, despite them losing. So, you know, I think I think he's he's still worth it. Yeah, definitely. And Grant Phillips, Dean Garner, um, Robinson, no. Livermore obviously got sent off. He's going to be suspended <laughs> now. Uh, what was that challenge? Um, what I found interesting on Townsend is, because I say I haven't got him, so I'm now getting rid of my budget players to bring in, so let's say, premium players. But a lot of people are going to be getting rid of premium players, but they might not know who to get rid of for their budget players. Um, what I found interesting in Townsend's last five is bonus points 7, 7, 9, 3 and 8, just on bonus points. Yeah. Um, so I'm missing out on quite a lot of points going without Townsend. And I had no intention of bringing him back because I brought Laird in. Stacey was next on my list defensively, but them numbers make me reconsider really bad now. So he's a good asset to have into Townsend. Yeah, yeah definitely. And I think um, once everyone comes back off the budget players and start getting them in, um, I think it's got to be Townsend over for long, hasn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think Townsend, that's it. We'll move on then to the next game. Um, Sheffield United nil, Coventry nil. Um, I thought this was a pretty good game for nil nil. Um, there's different spells in the game, but I'll let you talk about Sheffield United first. Yeah, um, I had this on in the background when it was happening, um, and it caught my attention every so often, but uh, didn't hold it. I mean, I I recognise that it it looked to be a half decent game, but. Um, Sheffield United, obviously, the big thing for them was they went to a back three for this. Um, I think they made four changes in all. Fodderingham, Davies, Hurrahan and Ndi in for Olsen, Norwood, Brewster and Osborne. Um, Gibbs White had, had a chance. Um, it seemed to make a difference, at least. For, I, I noticed it real time, but particularly on the highlights when McGoldrick came on. Yeah. Um, he He really sort of changed things. He had... You know, one great chance after coming on um, and then he had another one sort of late on. Um, Gibbs White had a deflected shot that was actually well saved by Moore given the deflection it had taken. Um, but I still don't like Sheffield United. I still think they're, they're, they're struggling. They're trying to find something um, and particularly at their prices you don't really want to be along for the ride while they're trying to find it. Um, the one that stood out to me, if if this system is going to hold, is Jaden Bogle. Yeah, he looks really good. Um, he got forward as well. I think McGoldrick was good, I agree. 
Um, very wasteful though of his opportunities. Yeah. Spet better for him. Um, but what I found weird with them is there would be spells in the game where for 10, 15 minutes, I'm like, Sheffield United are really bad. Like, really. I think I tweeted at one point, like, um, think of those people who have to watch Sheffield United every week or something like that. When I tweeted that at that point, they were dreadful. But then all of a sudden, for about 10 minutes, they'll just like upshift two gears and they'll be really good, but just nothing was coming from it. But yeah, I agree with you from a gaffer point of view. Gibbs White's been the only one really I've considered um, throughout the season. Not interested in him at all. I got a bit excited about Moussey when he came back from his injury. Um, that's definitely not an option right now. And defensively, because of the pricing, I can't see why you'd want to go there. So yeah, I agree with you. Um, have you got anything else to add on Sheffield United? Not really on them, no. No, I think definitely an avoid um, for them. So Coventry, um, good result for them, I think, away from home. Um, once time kick off. Um, surprise probably was Godden bench. Jamie Allen came in for him. So they went just got Carez up front instead of playing him and Godden. Um, well, I have literally wrote on my notes there a game of spells, really. I think both teams had chances to score. Gokrez didn't really have many opportunities, but I thought he played really well in terms of his hold up play. Very strong. He was in a bit of a physical battle there, especially with Egan. Um, and talking about Victor Gokrez, no goals in seven games now. Yeah. That's a bit of a concern. I think a lot of people moved off him. Or they have anyway, but some may have held him, especially with Budget Buster coming into play. He'd have been the ideal one, really, about six weeks ago, wouldn't he? He'd have been licking yeah. your lips at um, Gokrez in that. Um, Gordon obviously came into the team, started scoring, but then he got benched. So they have got Bournemouth in game week 20 and West Brom in game week 21. So. Are West Brom to be feared for that budget buster in 21? Probably not. I think if I had McFadden, let's say, mm. maybe in yeah. a I'd play them. But what's your thoughts on Gokras? Would you bring him in if you hadn't got him? And what would you do if you still had him? No, I mean, obviously, even when we've been doing the spaces and everything, I've been saying Gordon over Gokras uh, for a while now. And that, that would still be my take even though Godden was left out at the weekend, I think that was purely a sort of, we've got three games in a week thing. Mm. Um, I'd still go him um, over, over Jokeres. I wouldn't be looking to buy him. Um, I think if you're looking, if you need a budget forward, I could probably recommend about six. I'd rather go with before him. He's playing decently, but at the same time, you know, like you say, he hasn't scored in seven games. That's, you know, you're going to use a forward spot on someone who hasn't scored in seven games. Like He's going to break that duck at some point. And for those who hold him through, probably through stubbornness as much as anything else, you're finally going to get that return. But, you know, I've seen people in that period bench him multiple times. Do you really want to be benching one of your forwards sort of multiple times in a six-week, six-game stretch or whatever? No, so sell, don't buy. Yeah, I agree. Gordon, I agree. I think he'll be back in um, the team midweek and probably go to up front again. Um, my, obviously, McFadden's the most popular one. Defense, more. Everyone's going to have more and go for yeah. it. 
OS, what is it, 5.3. Defensively, I'm a Matsunone, 4.7. You got McFadzian at 4.3, so even cheaper. That's who most people got. I really like the look of Dabo at 4.5. He played left wing back um, in this game because obviously Matson suspended. But um, I was watching a video, and I think it was from the 72 the called. I've only recently yeah. come across them. Yeah, and yeah. they did um, a little 10-minute video on Coventry. Like, why are they doing so well? Um, and in a lot of the clips, due to the pressing and off the ball, Dabo's involved in a lot of them clips. Yeah. And he's kind of got me like just looking at him now. And I was watching him on Saturday playing out of position, and he looked as a right-footed, a right-footed uh, full-back playing left-back. I thought he did really well. So he's definitely one to look at for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Matson's the main one of still. Mm. Um, I would assume, given how good he's been and everything, he'll come straight back in. Yeah. Dabo, I would assume, will go back over to the right side, so that's another good option. McFadzine, obviously. I mean, Safe. I sold him this week. Lots of people still have him. He's still a good option. Um, O'Hare, I like. You're going to have to deal with the odd dive. Um, <laughs> let's not mess around. He initially got... There was some initial contact. You can't wait that long and then go down, take like two steps and then throw yourself to the floor. It then becomes a dive. Like, And, you know, Robbins was sort of talking about how much he was fouled and almost saying that he deserved the penalty because he, he gets fouled so much. Yes, he's one of the most fouled players in the division. He's, he's that sort of player, similar to, you know, people always talk about him being similar to Grealish. In that respect as well, he is. But like, he's still a diver as well. Yeah, I, I was watching this and I, I was kind of hoping for Sheffield United winner for my, for a mere Stoke fan's point of view because Sheffield's nowhere near us where Coventry are. Um, and when he went down, I was like, oh, you're joking. And then I saw the replay and I was sort of die, so I was quite relieved. But yeah, I don't, I don't think I'd have a wear as an asset. I like him as a player. He's yeah. a top player. Um, he'll go somewhere he will. Um, as in upwards, I mean. But as an asset, he'd frustrate me, I think, too much. I like other players at that price range, especially like a Cornick, um, Brennan yeah. Johnson. So we'll move on then. Uh, next game, Reading 1, Nottingham Forest 1. Um, you've got Reading. Yeah, so obviously, uh, in this, they only actually made one change. Uh, big Andy Carroll didn't get a start. Mm-hmm. He did come off the bench, but he didn't get a start. Uh, it was just Danny Drinkwater back into the team. Um, Delhi Bashiru dropping out. Um, poor defending from Liam Moore on the first goal. Zinkanagel obviously got driving at the defence well, but what Liam Moore was doing, I'm not sure. Um, he then actually came up with a good piece of defending to cl- clear off the line. I think it was Denai Graben. Um, but the goal was hilarious. Um, <laughs> low free kick. When you see Swift assist Dan goal from a corner... You think, oh, Swift's hung one up and Dan sort of powered yeah, ahead. Yeah, that's what I thought as well. No, low along the ground, almost makes it to like level with the goal. And then Scott Dan puts it in like with his foot. And you sort of like, how as a defence have you let a, a low cross from a corner get that far across the area? It's, it's really not great. I mean, obviously, you know, great for... Swift owners again. I thought I was going to get away with uh, Swift, with the Swift blank. 
Um, and then he's got the assist there. And it almost hurts more as a non-Swift owner when you see that and you're like, really? Yeah. That's the goal you can see. <laughs> I sold him this week as well. Because um, the last few weeks I've been saying, no, you've got to keep him. I've built value in him. He'll come good. But that, I just thought there's better options out there. So I sold him for Jacob Brown. And no bias um, towards uh, being a Stoke fan. But I just thought Jacob Brown's playing up front. I've got Cornick, he's playing up front. I've got Brennan Johnson, who's probably similar to Swift in terms of he's probably the best asset from the club, but Johnson's a lot cheaper. So I just went down that route. And when I saw Swift assessed, I was thinking, you've got to be kidding me here. Um, am, I, am I regretting selling him? No, I think, like you know, you sold him a while ago, didn't you? You... There's going to be weeks where he does return, but I don't. It's not going to be as consistent as it was for them first um, ten to thirteen games, wherever it was, where he went a bit nuts. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, he is one of those where if you come off, you're going to have to accept that there's going to be the odd week where there's a an eight pointer thrown in there, an eight yeah. nine pointer thrown in there, but particularly if you look at the points sorted by more recently, Swift hasn't been doing as well compared to other players. He's still the top scorer because of how crazy he went for those first sort of 10, 12 weeks. Um, obviously, there's nothing wrong with holding him, but I think that there's a potential option to go against with him as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, Nottingham Forest, um, obviously poor defending, but great finish from Zinkenagel. Um, really good, and um, he got four bonus as well. Um, four, two, three, one, but Lowe went off injured, and that could be a concern. Um, I don't suppose you've seen anything on the extent, have you? So, initial uh, statement was it was a groin issue. He's definitely going to miss at least the next two, because obviously they're in the next seven days. They, they're like, no chance he's going to be back in the next week. So he's going to miss at least the next two. Mm, interesting. Um, suppose if you're a Spencer, if you went Spencer either low, that's all right for now. Um, you, get, you gained nothing in this one. You, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, Forest, I'm not overly excited about. I think they've settled down now under Cooper. You know, they're not as bad as they were under Houston, obviously, but I don't think they're going to be going on a mad run to get in the playoffs so soon. Long term, maybe, but in terms of their assets, in Canargo too expensive for me. Uh, Brendan Johnson is the only asset that I'm considering at the moment. Well, I say considering I've got him, but I'm not considering anyone else. I do like Spence, um, but I I think there's better options out there now, so I'm going to go down that route. In terms of grabbing, absolutely not. Uh, that's definitely not happening. I don't think he's worth his price. Um, but they do play Peaceborough in uh, game week 21. Uh, so if they're on a budget buster, I think Brennan Johnson is a must-have. I really like him. Didn't see much of him from this game, from the highlights. Um, you know, he's, he's had a quiet day. He can't be a world-beater every single week, can he? So we can let him off for that. Um, Nottingham Forest-wise, anybody for you, Angus? Um, obviously Johnson on the radar I've got Spence yeah. um, he's done very well for me um, I actually very nearly sold him this week 
and I think I'll be coming off him relatively soon. So that's for your budget buster, is it? It was originally for my budget buster. Now I think I might just come off him because, yeah. uh, like, if I, if I hold him through, um, I I'm potentially amending my budget buster strategy. So um, him playing Peterborough in twenty one might be handy for me um, to hold through that. But like, I might come off him. If not, he'll probably go after that week. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not that keen on Forrest at the moment, but it might be one that I revisit later on down the weeks. But I think I, like anything I do, I've already brought in. Stacey's high on my list, Paddy McNair, and I, I can't have them all, so yeah. um, it's one of them. Next game then, um, Stoke 2, Peaceburg 0. Bit of a weird one for me because you're going to cover Stoke yeah. um, as I'm doing the away teams. And I wasn't at the game Saturday because I've had to self-isolate for testing positive for COVID last week. So, yeah, go on, take it away. You've seen as much as me, so. Yeah. Um, so, Davis, Chester and Vrancic in for Bursic, Suter and Thompson. I mean, obviously, me and Dan uh, discussed it on the spaces, but... Um, We've, obviously, it's been talked about a lot with Suter being out for the rest of the season. Um, shout out to Rob Pick, who thought that Suter was also <laughs> managing to play for Scotland, not realising that, you know, people are capable of having siblings. Uh, so he is definitely out. Um, I miss, I didn't manage to read the story about Bursic, but I know he's injured as well. Yeah, that came as a shock because nobody knew about it. I'm in yeah. a Stoke group chat on WhatsApp. And as two o'clock come around and the lineups got released, everyone in there was like, "Where's Basic? Why isn't he in the squad at all?" We thought because I thought he'd just been dropped for Davies again because yeah. O'Neill likes to rotate the keepers, and then I realised he wasn't even on the bench. So yeah, apparently he's got an injury. Um, I don't know the extent of it. Hopefully it's not long term. He's doing well at the moment. Yeah, and uh, Francic came in. Thompson was out with an injury as well. That one we did know about. Uh, Francic came back into the team. Um, obviously, he opened the scoring uh, via a very friendly deflection. Um, Cornell did well to then deny uh, James Chester. Um, Sam Surridge with just you know an incredible red card, just just incredible from him. And before I let you talk about the Sam Sorry Dread card, I'm just going to give a mention to Tyrese Campbell, who obviously right at the end uh, got himself his first goal since his return. Um, I know they mentioned it on Quest and I did think the same thing. He's just had this long return from a knee injury and then he scores and goes into a knee slice. <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe don't do that, Tyrese, but like, uh, well taken goal. Um, but I think the first thing you have to talk about is the Sam Surridge red card. Honestly, Angus, he has not helped himself one bit. So I'm watching Soccer Saturday at this point, and, you know, I'm seeing it as, well, we're seeing a 1-0 out. Then I just see um, Sam Surridge off violent conduct. And then I finally see it, and what is he doing? I mean, the guy can't get in the team at the moment because he can't score goals. He just... We spoke about it, haven't we? We know he gets in good positions, he just doesn't put him away. So, rightly so, he's been on the bench and just coming on uh, for a bit of energy in the last 15 minutes or so. But then when you're trying to prove a point, the last thing you want to do is think you're Zinedine Zidane 
And just because, like, yeah, you've been pushed in the board, it's a foul, all right, all right, it wasn't that bad, come on. Um, there was no need, He's, he hasn't done himself any favour, so um, don't expect to see Sam Sorridge, I always say Sorridge, Sam Sorridge starting for Stoke anytime soon. Um, Campbell Fletcher and Brown will fight for them two spots, I think. Um, but yeah, great to see Campbell scoring, because um, I've been saying since he's been back, obviously he's been out long term, but he looks nowhere near match fit. He's obviously had two weeks during the international break, more training, um, looks a bit sharper. Uh, good run for the goal, good finish. So, yeah, fair play to him. But he's not an asset, yeah. No. Not yet. Um, oh, I've got Peterborough. Yeah. Because we're talking about Stoke. <laughs> um, Peterborough. So, um, speaking to Stoke fans, um, you can't really take their opinion too seriously because some of them are ridiculous. But um, a lot were saying Peterborough were decent. Um, Leanne, my partner, dad rang me yesterday um, and he was like, yeah, we were lucky, um, they were good. They're number 10, brilliant. Uh, to think for a minute, who's number 10 for them? He's on about Dembele. Yeah, ah, yes. Front. Yeah. Um, really good. But Peterborough have come in and had 63% possession, so hats off to him for that. But they only had one shot on target, which is their downfall. And they're going to have to start putting chances away. Clark Harris is on the bench. He hasn't really adapted to championship life, has he really? Um, been up and down this season. But from a gaffer point of view, uh, there's obviously nobody there. It's whether now we'll get onto him soon, obviously whole one. Can people just get a few wins and then maybe come out of that target territory like you're on about with Barnsley? Yeah. Because um, at the moment, I'm still going to target them. Not as much as I was at the beginning of the season. Um, but they, they're not good enough for this league, are they really? I feel bad saying it, but they haven't really shown enough to make me think otherwise. Mm, exactly. And like I said, I don't target them as much as I did at the beginning. Um, I respect them a bit more, but I just don't think they've got that quality. I think they've got, they've got to keep more clean sheets. If you're dominating a game away from home against a top six side at the moment, um, you, 63% possession, but only one shot on target, there's something wrong there. Um, do they need to change the approach? But Ferguson's signed a contract, I think, I read the other day. Um, yeah. So, obviously, this is his philosophy. I just don't think it's the right one for Peterborough, because we know Peterborough from League One is similar to Rotherham. Um, I don't watch League One football, really. I just catch bits, so I'm not going to try and pretend I know what I'm on about, but Peterborough, they're well known for scoring a lot of goals. Um, always that kind of up and down. They haven't been up in a few years, but that's kind of them, similar to Rotherham. Um, maybe that's the approach that they need to take a bit more. I don't know. I don't know what the... Well, I think I think the other thing to mention, that it was unfortunate for them, was just as it seemed like Johnson Clark Harris was really starting to hit his stride and sort of, you know, there were, there were sort of more chances, getting him others involved as well, was then when he had to serve the suspension for the old tweets. Yeah. Which came at at exactly the wrong moment for them. Um, I think also the the injury to Jack Marriott didn't help them as well. Um, But, you know, given that it doesn't necessarily feel like there's much wrong with their style, they just need to do what got them in the division and actually score some goals. Just getting their team up, sorry. Uh, from, yes, 
uh, yeah, from yesterday. I just when I look at the team, I like Smodix and I like Dembele. Yeah, he's going to be some player. I just I'd like to see just some experience in the defense. You know, similar to our derby, we've got Jagielka and Davies. Yeah, I know we've mocked them for it um, because of their age and stuff, but we'll get on to. But we watched the game today against Bournemouth. Um, Curtis Davies having a great battle with Solanke during the game. It was really good to watch. Peterman just needs someone like that who can just stand back. I, th- I think it's made it's made a bit of a difference for them. The the real sort of player for that was um Mark Beavers, who's only come back sort of two or three games ago, who's sort of their captain and is their sort of experienced centre back. Um so you'd hope that that will help them sort of longer term that he's come into the back three now. But um I'm not. I'm not 100 percent sure that he'll be the solution, but you would like to think that that will help. He had experience, doesn't he? It's just yeah. whether or not he had the quality that they may need, we don't know. Um, I don't know. I hope they do do well because I'd like you know someone like a Dan Bailey to become an option. Um, yeah. Smart. Because I know Dan was very high on him in pre-season. Yeah. He rated him really highly, and then obviously Clark Harris to get a consistent run in the team. Now, can he get his head down and just start going? Um, We'll see. I think we spoke too much about Peaceborough. Um, so we'll go on to Middlesbrough 1, Millwall 1. I've got tongue twisted, Dan, for some reason. Um, you've got Middlesbrough. Yes, yeah, so obviously, uh, first game under Chris Wilder. Mm. Um, three changes for this one. Bowler, Crooks and Sporar um, came in for Hill, Pajero and Coburn. Um, in terms of the goal, it was great please piece of play from Watmore yeah. um, or getting the ball across. Obviously, it was then via a big deflection, um, which Crooks headed in at the far post. Um, but the footwork from uh, Watmore in the build-up was was very good. Um, Sporar forced to save out Bialkowski. Um, there were a couple of dodgy moments at the back. Um, there's also the, uh, the argument that they will they will feel that there were probably two fouls in the build-up to the Millwall goal, particularly the one by Mason Bennett on Paddy McNair. Yeah. Um, it's definitely a foul. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, but I think, you know, as Chris Wilder was saying, they still needed to play better after that, even though it was a foul. They still could have done something about it even after the foul. So, um, But I think, you know, they, they seemed encouraged by it. Um It'll be interesting to see how they get on. Um, I think they'll be better, particularly for the addition um, of the likes of uh, Bola back in the team. I think that makes a big difference to them um, on the left-hand side. Um, interesting that he's stayed in basically the 3-5-2 um, for Middlesbrough. And it looked like Crooks got forward quite a lot from midfield. I um, thought that from the highlights. He was so he's in he's of highlights. interest. I think he mm. he was getting forward quite a lot. I mean, I think the way they seem to want to play is Housen will sit a bit deeper, and Crooks and Tavernier will have a bit more freedom from the other two midfield spots to support the attack. Um, but Crooks, obviously, particularly with his extra height, has a greater ability to sort of get on the end of things as well. Um, I think he's Crooks is playing just in front of him, Housen and Tavernier, into. Like just yeah. behind the two, similar to um, our new air would do um, behind Gokrez and Gordon. But I swear Crooks has grew a foot since he left, like, left Rotherham to join me. No, he was always a big unit. Well, 
I knew he was big, but like when we watched a bit of Rotherham quite a bit last, especially around the double game weeks, and you know I remember him. But I've seen him this season, but last night watching the highlights, I was just like, he's fucking massive. Yeah, he's a big lad. But yeah, he was involved in a lot of the highlights. Um, so were you impressed then by Wilder's first game at the Borough as a secret Borough fan? <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is. There are people, I've seen some people, there are people who genuinely think I'm a Borough fan now. It's, it's quite funny <laughs> that, that this this has come, this has come, like this has gone the full way now where some people genuinely think I'm, I'm a Borough fan. No, I, th- I thought they were good. They were, they were definitely the, the better team in this game. Um, mm. I think they'll feel a bit hard done by to not come away with the win. Um, I thought there were encouraging signs for them. Um and there are some interesting players there. I thought it was interesting. We, you know, me and Dad have both mentioned him that Isaiah Jones stayed in the lineup again. Yeah. Um, this time at right wing back, but um, you know, he's he's played quite a few now, um, and he, he looks a decent player. Um, I'm not sure how much he's going to benefit from that position regularly, but um, yeah, I think I think there's there's reasons for sort of positivity there. I mean. And the defensive solidity did look to be there, aside from the sort of goal that wasn't ideal. Well, one thing, well, probably big thing that we haven't mentioned, Luke Daniels started in goal. Yeah, um, I mean, a lot I, of people got Lumley um, with the Lumley yeah. more double, well, lot of combination. Um, what are your thoughts about that? I thought it was probably a sell anyway. It sounded more like he was Neil Warnock's guy anyway, the way Neil Warnock talked about it. He'd had him previously at another club and so he'd brought him in. Um, so when Neil Warnock even got to the point of dropping him, it was like, yeah, he's probably done now. I saw a thing that was like, actually, um, there's another keeper there, um, Stojanovic, who just hasn't been involved like for the last like six months or whatever. And he posted something, a picture from, I was reading an article, he posted a picture involved in training for the first time in months. So I think some people even thought that even he might be ahead of Lumley at some point. So I think Lumley is is a sell, if nothing else, because I don't think Daniels is going to lose his spot. Okay, uh, move on to Millwall then. Um, Donna, if you're listening, um, you could probably turn off now um, before getting to Millsbury. I've got nothing really positive positive to say about them um, in terms of Gaffer. Um, you're not going to have Bennett Kaferby in your team. You're not going to have Mason Bennett. Scott Malone, not at that price. And I don't think there's anybody other than Jed Wallace. But in this game, like you said, I think they only had one shot to the right at someone else. Yeah, one shot on target. One That's shot it. on target. Um, the goals come from a bit of a calamity, really, with the own goal. Um, so it's not good. They've got Bournemouth next, which Bournemouth are going to want to respond after losing today against Derby. So I really, really feel for Millwall in the next game. But after that, though, they've got Hull, Birmingham, Peterborough, Preston. So that's a really, really good run. Um, and that brings my attention to Jed Wallace. Um, so am I right in saying you're on Wallace, aren't you? If you got so, Wallace. spoiler alert for our conversation later, I was on Wallace. Right, okay. Um, <laughs> well, I'm not, and I've, you know, I've tried to get him back 
since they let him go, really. But I've never been able to, especially with the budget buster and stuff like that. He's only got one assist in his last five. That's it. Just, that's his only return in his last five. Um, but his bonus in his King last five. King of the bonus points. Yeah. Zero. Then a four, 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 and a zero. So, <laughs> you know, he's only got one attacking return in the last five, but he's got maximum bonus in three of them five games. But my what I wanted to discuss was is that bonus magnet, let's say, worth the ten point whatever he is million. Um, because I'm I mean, right quite on possibly. the fence. I'm on the fence with it. Um, quite possibly because you look at the sort of top point scorers, and it means he's there. Mm. Um, you know, he's still the second top scoring midfielder. You know, he's there with Harry Wilson. Like, um, but know, I think them to... fixtures, Angus. Hull, yeah. Birmingham, Peter Preston. They're the ideal fixtures for Jed Wallace, aren't they? Because they're games yeah. where Millwall can dominate. Um, yeah. Not in terms of possession, but as in controlling the game. And when they do that, Wallace is pivotal in everything that they do in see, um, especially from that right-hand side. So... I just want to see what your thoughts are because Millwall, in terms of assets, I think they're really poor. I think they do really well to get where they are in the league, to be fair. I need to give them credit for that. Um, but when I watch them, even when I went down there the other week, it's it's really, really poor football. Um, I mean, it's it's ex- Gary Rowe at football. Well, yeah, I should know more about that, really, shouldn't <laughs> yeah. I? Um, you know, but when they execute well, they, they do it well, so... I'm just on the fence because I need to get someone in, come off my budget players and go up. Am I going to go up as far as Wallace? I'd have said no, but then when I looked at them fixtures, I know yeah. I'd prefer to play form over fixtures, but Wallace's bonus counts as form for me. Yeah, um, <laughs> so. and that's that's the thing for me where I've come off him, so I've actually come off him today. Yeah. And my plan is to basically go straight back to him after the Bournemouth game. I think he's coming run. off for the one and then getting yeah. back on for that run. That's interesting. Um, I may join you on that little ride. I don't know yet. Um, right, let's go to the next game. Bristol City 1, Blackburn 1. Um, you've got Bristol City. Look at you. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't I don't have a huge amount to say about them. They made three changes. Uh, Williams, Baker and Ben Arus in Fatana, Pring, Pring and Masengo. Um, they nearly took the lead early via uh, Wharton near own goal. Um, O'Dowda then did score via a massive deflection off Wharton. Um, they had a, a good chance late on through Wells where Kaminsky produced a good save. But, I mean, it's another point on the board for, for Bristol City, but you know, I'm not. I'm not really looking at them, and uh, I don't necessarily think I'd, I'd rush to target them. But they're just kind of there. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, I had O'Dowd in my team for about eight weeks. Um, FPL Beery, he convinced me he's brilliant because he was dirt cheap. He's like, it's his breakout season. He's going to be amazing, and he got injured. Um, he, was, yeah. he sat third sub for me for absolutely ages um, until I could finally get rid of him. But yeah, Bristol City, um, 
there's no one there for me. And they've got Stoke next as well, Wednesday night. So Big win there then. <laughs> Actually, yeah. <laughs> uh, I was going to go actually, but I can't get off work. I needed the afternoon off work to finish at dinner time. Well, lunch time, as you'd say, down there. Um, <laughs> and then go down, but I can't get it off. So look, luckily, I can um, stay at home in the comfort of my own home and watch it on Sky. Um Anything else on Bristol City before I go on to Blackburn? Um, so just worth noting for people, particularly if you're playing Budget Buster in 21, they do play Derby. Not the worst option uh, in spite of the result today. Potentially worth looking at. And that starts a run where they play Derby, Hull, Huddersfield, Luton. So, you know, not potentially the worst four Um to potentially look at but I'm not actually going to recommend any of them so that's about it yeah but being very similar for me um, obviously Brereton Diaz getting the goal um, they only had one shot on target I feel like all the teams I've had today who've played away only had one shot on target it's, <laughs> it was a dire thing to do doing the notes on this um, yeah but City had four so really poor from Blackburn but I've been saying it fixed anyway. It's Brereton Diaz and nobody for me. I don't like anybody else at um, Blackburn. I think Dolan could be a good option if he had a consistent run in the team and just got his head down, but he just has these odd benchings. Um, the next fixtures, Peterborough next, so ideal. Um, Stoke and then Preston. Um, Brereton Diaz, he scored four and four now. So... Earlier on, I said Perot is the guy for me. He's my first striker, definitely. But then Brereton Diaz, you can't dismiss him, can you? No, 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 not at all. When it, it, You can go two games and you think, right, I've had my run on him. Who can I jump onto next? But then he'll pop up with something. Um, when he's the talisman, it's hard to ignore, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, and you look at the games coming up as well, that run could continue. Yes, who uh, I have, I've got them next three. Just let me get Peterborough, Stoke, and Preston. Yeah, they're the next three. And then after Bo- they play Bournemouth in twenty-two, then they play Birmingham, Hull, and Barnsley. Oh, three perfect fixtures, and it's, it's it's a tough one because I'd go Perot just based on I think Swansea better. I think he'll get he gets better service. Where Blackburn, you can just rely on him just to pull him through. Um, can he do that all season? Well, we don't know, do we? But I'd like to say that he can't. Um, but then, or, is this crazy? Probably is, because as soon as I say that, Solanke, could you get rid of him? Um, we haven't <laughs> gone for the pod team, but it can majorly hit you because that highly owns. So... Like Perot, Diaz and Mitrovic as your three? It's probably crazy. It's not, like, it has crossed my mind at, at some point about could I do something like this. I'm not sure, you know, I've gone against sort of like Swift, I've gone against Wilson, like at the same time, do I really <laughs> want to be going against Dominic Solanke as well? <laughs> well, what we haven't got now, Angus, like we discussed um, weeks back was um, having Christie or Billing instead of Solanke because oh, no. they were getting returns no, no, no. <laughs> where now they're not getting them returns so um, Anthony's class is a forward so 
that's him out the equation a bit, really. So you kind of, it's hard to not go slanky, isn't it? But yeah, it'll get to that point at one stage. I think we're too early yet. A lot, a lot can happen yet. But once we get past into the third phase, let's say, that's when you've got to start doing stuff like that to try and make a jump, haven't you? Selling Buendia. Yeah. <laughs> Sitting third overall, <laughs> Sal Buendia, 4 to 27th, yeah. or wherever it was, brilliant. Uh, no, I was just like, I, I think, I, I, I won't get rid of Solanke, but I'm just like trying to explore options. Is it yeah. definitely Mitrovic and Solanke, and then a Perot or a Brereton Diaz, Gordon maybe. Now, because of this budget buster, I've, had, I've got Scott Hogan and um, he'll be leaving um, very soon, this week probably. Um, but yeah, it is what it is. And it's, we'll move on then, next game. Hall 2, Birmingham nil. So, I don't know if I was surprised or not. Um, Hull actually got the win. Yeah. Uh, I'll let you talk about Hull first. Um, so, McLaughlin and Longman came in for Coyle and Elder. Uh, Coyle, we knew about the injury sort of long term. Elder didn't know anything about. And then, you know, it came out basically after the team had been announced. I think it was an illness for him. Um, Ball definitely went out uh, on the first goal. Longman's dribble. Um, before he pulled it back to Honeyman, who finished it quite well. Obviously, everyone had stopped, but the ball was out of play. <laughs> um, I sympathised with Lee Bowyer, sort of like, uh, I thought he did very well not to swear when talking about yeah. it because like, <laughs> the temptation must have been real. Um, yeah, I mean, you can't legislate for that sort of thing. Um, you know, and then you're one nil down and it's it's completely changed. Um, I thought Hull, Hull did decently. Um, I think, you know, it needs to need to mention um, Baxter, who's come into the team in goal. You know, he, he had a couple of good saves in this game as well, and I think he, he's done well since coming into the team. Um, a ridiculous challenge from Gardner. Uh, yeah. Obviously, you can talk about Birmingham. And then to follow it up with a headbutt, it's just like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, um, and that obviously did Hull another favour, already being 1-0 up. And then it's the main man, sort of Keen Lewis Potter, with some great work to set up the goal. Uh, you know, sort of puts it up at the back post and a great leap from Malik Wilkes, who looked like he was about 10 foot in the air, <laughs> heads it in. Um, and that was sort of the final nail in. But, I mean, you know, obviously, question marks about the first goal, no question marks about the second goal. Um, but they got the win. Looks like the takeover is going to happen. So you know, up the bit more positivity around, <laughs> bit more positivity around Hull. Well, two things on Hull for me. First one is Liam Albion correspondent put a picture of the ball going out of play with with nothing, no contact, nothing. So I was like, I can't remember what his caption was, and to me, it just looked like blurry legs in the ball over the line. I didn't know what he was on about. And then obviously I saw it um, later on. Uh, but I think I also underestimated the impact Honeyman coming back would have. Yeah. Um. Obviously I knew he'd be, he's one of the better players, but I didn't think he'd have this much of an impact um, here, getting a goal, four bonus points, really good. I think if Hawk can go on a little run, you know, build that confidence and get going, scoring like they did last year in League One, them options we were talking about in the summer, you know, your Lewis Potters and your Wilkes could become viable. But at the moment, um, 
I wouldn't get carried away. I think that's two in a row now in Super Hall. Um, we'll see how they go, but with the takeover happening, a new manager may come in. We'll see what his philosophy is. Um, but there's definitely something to be excited about there if they can turn it around. Um, in terms of Birmingham, um, obviously, God, no, what a dick. Um, why does everyone think the Primes and Dean's have done this weekend with the headbutts? <laughs> <laughs> when I was watching the highlights, I was like, what? Uh, I didn't because I didn't know he'd been sent off for him. Nah. Um, 50 50% possession in the game, but Birmingham had eight shots to Hull's 18, so that just shows Hull with more kind of corner shows by scoring two. Um, it's hard with Birmingham, it really is. Coventry, Blackpool, Millwall, next three. Um, I find this hard because for the pod team, I convinced you to bring Sanderson in over Lee Wallace and we'll talk about Lee Wallace soon I've got Sanderson in my team I've got Hogan all for the budget buster and when I look at it I don't know if they're the ones you should be going to I don't know I think Hogan if you've already got him for the budget buster just keep he'll be fine he did have a very good um, chance where he went one on one and a good save by Baxter there Sanderson He's dirt cheap for but he's a centre back, isn't he? I like win backs who are gonna get forward. Um Sanderson isn't that and Birmingham I don't know what we're gonna get from them, do we? No. I mean I went with I went with McGree a few weeks ago after yeah. I'd recommended him. He's done nothing since. I only played him this week because I was like, if I've got him and I don't play him against Hull, like When what's are you gonna play him? Yeah. He played right wing back though, didn't he? I think one. so. Yeah, for this one. Yeah, Balor on the left. And McGree right wing back for this game. Um, usually, obviously, just behind the strikers. But I think we move on. I think Birmingham, very inconsistent. When they're poor, they're really poor. But when they're good, they're good. So, yeah, yeah it's a tough one. Um, from a fantasy point of view, you don't want their medics. So... Um, move on and oh Preston one Cardiff two it gets better um, I'll let you take it away and at least at least I have to talk about Preston not you let, oh, let's let's look at the positives here I would have me over the edge if I'd had to gone through some of the <laughs> teams and got to Preston um, they obviously had to make a few changes or they made a few changes uh, Ledson Cunningham Brown and Maguire came in for Whiteman Earl Potts and Johnson uh, Maguire obviously gave them a very early lead um, after a couple of minutes. Um, that was about as good as it got for Preston. Uh, they were in early and yeah, it wasn't much good after that. So uh, that that's all I have to say about them, really. Yeah, same old Preston. Cardiff, um, I might have missed it, but Moore wasn't in the squad. Was that? Did we know about that beforehand? Because I didn't. No. <laughs> I didn't know until I watched the highlights, if I'm honest with you. So, um, yeah, that was obviously a shock. I'm guessing that's some kind of like illness or injury, something like that. Hopefully we get more on that. But that's Steve Morrison's first game in charge. 1-2 on the bounce now, which is obviously quite good. Played a 5-3-2. But Giles is probably the one that stands out. Um, first on my bench, great. But a 10-pointer. He's got three assists in four games now. And his bonus in his last five. He's had four, two zeros, a two and a one, but at 4.9 million budget buster. 
and onwards, he's a good bench player, really, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, I think you know he's he's done well um, since Morrison sort of took over since McCarthy went um, primarily playing in sort of the left wing back role. Um, obviously, you see the set piece delivery, and he's the sort of one where you know you can have him as sort of a rotating player. He plays when they have decent games. He sits on your bench when they don't. You know, happy days. Yeah, I think he's the only option I've got him at the moment. Again, for the budget, I eat this budget buster because everything's just around this stupid boost. Um, but yeah, I've got him. Obviously, disappointing to bench him, but it's easy to say nine sides. I thought that my players in the eleven would outscore him, uh, but he's the only asset I'd look at at Cardiff right now. Obviously, we all know how good more can be, but he hasn't shown anything for us to go there yet. Anyway, so we'll move on. Um, great game for Friday night. QPR two, Luton nil. Um, your thoughts on QPR? Yeah, I mean, obviously very good. Um, they they made a few changes as well. Um, Johansson, Super Lee Wallace, and Charlie Austin in for Amos Odebajo and Dykes. Um, the first goal obviously actually came from a Luton corner. Um, Chair sort of put, plays it downfield. Willock running against Campbell. Um, and Sluger then decides to make it really easy for him by charging out into no man's land. Still a good finish, but Sluger really helped him out there. Um, but, you know, he still has to take the goal well. Um, assist for chair owners. They'll probably feel good about that one, pumping a long ball downfield <laughs> and getting an assist. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they they struggled a little bit at times with Luton, um, but it seemed like the best strategy for the game was let Luton shoot and they'll put it every, anywhere except the goal. But yeah, um, my thoughts as well. They then obviously got the second goal um, where Willock dug out across to the back post, Dunn heads it back across and Austin heads it home. Um, and yeah, they'll, they'll be very happy to come away from that game with the win. Um, you never quite know what you're going to get from Luton and you can be a bit concerned at how it's going to go. They had a they, had a, they were without a few players, so there was sort of some doubts or some potential doubts there. But, you know, came out with a result and, yeah, it's another sort of three points on their way to potentially the playoffs. Brilliant. Dunn got four bonus points. Yeah. <laughs> See, it was shocking. Uh, but obviously got the assist and then the clean sheet. Um, Luton, uh, I've... Firstly, I thought this was a brilliant game for the neutral yeah. Friday night. Really, really enjoyed this game. It could have gone either way, but like I said, Luton just weren't clinical at all. I think they could have still be playing now and they still wouldn't have scored. I said to Dan, it's just one of them games, it happens, wipe it out your memory, move on to midweek. So they played the 5-3-2. Um, Anya Dinmer played left wing back. Um, I know you and Dan were chatting in the group chat Friday and then when I saw the lineup just before it started... I was thinking, oh no, Cornick playing on the right. That's the fear with Cornick. If he if he's not playing up front, you don't want him really. Let's be honest. Um, but no, he played up front with Adebayo. Um, Sixteen shots they had, four of them were on target, and I've literally just wrote on my notes lack of quality. Just one mm-hmm. of them. I won't read too much into it with Luton. Um, well drilled. Um, Bal obviously didn't play, but I think he could possibly come back in. Um, Bree played it right back, well, right wing back. Um, Forest, Cardiff, Blackpool next before Fulham. So, 
I think they'll do well. Um, Koenig's definitely still an option. I'd buy out. Bree. I think they're the three, really, that yeah. would go. Um, nothing's nothing's changing with Luton. Um, it's been like that all season, really. They're the three that you want, isn't it? They work hard. You know, they'll have results like this, but then they'll have good results. So, yeah, anything you want to add on Luton? Because I feel like we say the same things, don't we, every week? Cause they yeah, really change. I, think, I think it's, you know, there's, there's a bit of inconsistency. You're going to get some good games, some less good games. Um, on another day, they come out of that game with a couple of goals. I mean, Cornick had one that he tried to squeeze past De- Dieng at the near post and it didn't sort of work out. But, you know, a couple of those shots hit the target from any one of the players who tried and you're talking about a different thing and I think that's just the risk you're going to run with Luton this season. Yeah, definitely. Right, last game then, because uh, we've got about 10 minutes of recording left. So we'll go last game and we'll squeeze the questions in. Yeah. Um, oh, no, we won't. Because you want to talk about two players starting with Chris Willock. Yeah, so obviously Chris Willock, after he missed the, t- the game with the personal issue, um, he's had a good little run. You know, he's. I mean, we know he's a good player. I mean, um, I feel good. I tipped him before the season. Um, always had the pedigree coming since his time coming through at Arsenal was always very highly thought of there. Moved to Portugal. It didn't work out. He's come back and he seems to sort of be refinding himself. Um, I thought he played well in this game. Um, there were times where he was working with limited service up the top end of the pitch, um, but he made the most of what he did get, uh, took the goal well, obviously good work and then cross to set up the second goal. Um, and, you know, he's in a good little run. And I just thought, you know, particularly with people looking towards budget buster, it's just worth mentioning him again. Uh, keep an eye on it because he's moving very close to the cutoff, but, you know, had another good game. And I just thought it was worth mentioning him after this. Definitely. And the other player from QPR, Lee Wallace. Love him. Absolutely love him. Um, I was I was gutted, obviously, afterwards that I put him on my bench, but I just thought, I thought it was going to be a better attacking day for Luton. And, you know, that's where I feel better about my decision to bench him because of the number of chances they had, where it's like, you know, on another day, he's sitting there with like a one point. Yeah. So it's just gone badly for me on the day. But, I mean, from from like two minutes in, the height he was getting up the pitch. I mean, if you look at his heat map, there's sort of a, a cluster in the left back area and there's a cluster in like the top left wing area and it's just like he was just getting so high and I think you know he maintains that width he was always an option he was getting up and down he's in his mid-30s and it didn't look like it he was still getting up and down with regularity um and I think the other thing to mention with him I know I said it in our chat it looks like he's good for chair in particular yeah. because he him maintaining that width high on the left hand side gives chair that little bit extra freedom to go and drift into the areas he wants to get into because they're still going to have that player on the left-hand side. And not only is that good for chair, that's then also good for a Dykes, a Willock or Austin. Yeah. Dykes, whoever's playing, because then chair's being more creative in areas he wants to be. Um, so, yeah, I agree. I did actually text you about half an hour into the game saying welcome to my team Lee Wallace he impressed me that much going forward and it couldn't have happened after me and you were debating Wallace or Sanderson and I convinced you to bring Sanderson in for the pod team then Wallace went and put that performance in so yeah um, definitely um, 
we get Ali Wallace back, so that's great. Last game then, Derby 3, Bournemouth 2 today. Um, your thoughts on Derby? Very good. Um, they rode their luck at times, obviously, but I thought they did very well. They battled. Um, they made life difficult for Bournemouth. Um, I know you were talking about uh, Tom Lawrence in our chat. Um, you know, we always we knew that it, you know he's he's sort of the the real bit of quality in that team. Um, but I mean, you know, they 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 can feel justified in coming away with the points from that game, and it's obviously massive for them. Just sort of for the feeling around it. Obviously, they've taken this further points penalty. Um, it'll probably be nice mentally for them to be immediately out of minus points. Yeah, they're immediately back to zero. That's that's going to be nice for them. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought they did really well. I thought obviously um, Lawrence was the star of the show, but I thought Kazim Richards, who had to come on in the first half, I thought he he did well up up there. Jason Knight, I mean the 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 routine for the corner for the first goal was very nice. Um, what the what the Bournemouth defenders were doing, I'm not entirely sure, but. It clearly created chaos with all the Derby players running into the area at the same time, hmm. um, and the shortest player on the pitch getting a goal. But um, and then two from Lawrence, and yeah, I, I just thought you know, good for them as well. Like they, you know, they they played well, and it's I don't mean it to sound patronising, but I just genuinely felt good for them and good for the fans to have that performance and that result today. You know, first game after the penalty. Uh, I shouldn't really say that. We aren't supposed to like Derby, really, because they're just down the road from us. But when I was watching the game, and, you know, I was, ex- was I expecting them to get battered? Did I-, I expected Bournemouth to win. Um, and then when they won 1-0 no up, I thought, oh, decent. But then when uh, Roos gave that ball away for Anthony's, or Anthony's goal, I was like, oh, wow. And then they went, then Solanke scored. I was like, that's it. Bournemouth now, they'll either just stay in first gear, just cruise, take the 2-1 on win, or they're just going to absolutely maul them. And then second half, they came out completely different. And Tom Lawrence was the difference in that second half. Um, really, really impressed by him. But yeah, I think, <laughs> good, fair play. Um, assets, I know I was talking about Lawrence in the chat, but I didn't think I'd actually bring him in my team, to be fair. Um I've got Curtis Davis in my team, actually. I forgot about that. He was our second sub. Um, he's going this week with Hogan, I think. So, yeah, no assets for me yet. But Dan will say, you know, I don't know. I don't think you responded. But Dan's like, people, he can't stay up. What are your thoughts? I, I would still be stunned if they stayed up. It's 15 points, I think, to say Yeah. Yes, you can say, oh, yeah, that's five wins. But that's five wins when at least one other team loses every time. Yeah. And there's the teams in between. So I still think it's a very, very minimal chance. I would give them like a 5% chance of staying up. So I'd it's not give no them chance, more than that. But I'm, but I'm giving them 5% at this point. If, if, they, if they, like, the, the thing is they have to start closing that gap quickly now. If they don't start closing that gap quickly and it stays at that length, it becomes more and more difficult to actually close it. But so right now, I give them about five percent chance. I give them more than that. I still think they'll go down, but I give them about thirty percent if they can get a little run going, build momentum, see what happens in January. New owners coming in, it could be a completely different story. But we won't get into that now. Um, quick one on Bournemouth. We've got about five minutes left, so 
Um, Solanke obviously scored. What about Anthony's so frustrating being a forward. Um, great price. Um, I was going to go him as well. I know everyone says that I was going to have this player, you know, an overall. But I generally was, but I've taught myself out of it. Didn't think he was worth it. He's going to score two cents. Um, Christie and Berlin maybe becoming issues. Possibly. Um, I don't think they're quite there yet, but they're not scoring as regularly as in points wise as they were. Um, I still like Billing, but he's now suspended for midweek, isn't he? He yeah. picked up his fifth yellow. Christie, I really like as a player. I just think it was one of them days where it wasn't his day because the last um, game week he could have scored that trick. So he's waiting to see. Metham obviously played instead of Cali. I'm guessing that's some kind of injury, um, with Cali being the captain. Um, Davis left back. Stacey's a great option. I think it's the same with Bournemouth, isn't it? Yeah. You know, they still, and they've had a bad day at the office, but them and Fulham are still absolutely top class. So we've got five minutes, Angus, well, just less than five minutes. Quick fire. Yeah? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Idalp have had him in front of me once it's. That would be a great start. Right, I'll read out then. You went yeah, yeah. and we'll go quick. Um, oh, fucking hell, where are the questions? <laughs> I've got him. Right, okay. James Wood. As we've happened with Jamie's team, are the sacrifices you have to make for Budget Buster too much to make it worthwhile for the game weeks either side? Not necessarily, but it depends how much you're committing to the boost. Yeah, completely agree. Um, I think if you go in full in it's not worth it I mean yeah. I was a guinea pig for everyone I don't mind but I definitely wouldn't do that again um, Ian FPL Tangerine I'm considering the super subs boost for game week 19 but before I pull the trigger I have to ask whether there's any potential whatsoever of any fixtures being rescheduled creating double game weeks before the end of this phase um, uh, barring like massive Covid outbreaks or whatever no yeah, that is, it's literally going to be weather permitted or COVID, yeah. isn't it? Game week 30 is FA Cup, isn't it? Yeah. So that's the one where it's going to be like a blank game week, isn't it? Yeah. So that's actually, I think somebody does ask that, I mean. Um The FPR will never stop. Um, is it still viable to overall in game week 20 for budget um, buster in game week 21? How many budget players to include? And is there any that have gone under the radar? Or is it the more obvious ones like Willock, Cornick, Bree, etc.? So, yeah, it's still, a, it's still viable if you want to overhaul to then into it. Absolutely. Um, I think at least seven, probably eight or nine is the sweet spot. Um, Blackpool defenders, Lee Wallace and Colwell at Huddersfield are the under-the-radar ones. I definitely don't think you need to overhaul out of it because I had 11, no, 10, sorry. And I took a minus four this weekend, I'm taking another minus four this week, yeah, and then potentially another minus four um, at the weekend in game week. What we in, in game week twenty, and then my team's basically how it how it was nearly, yeah. Um, so I don't, definitely don't think you need an overall out, especially if you're only having seven or eight. No, but overall overhaul in, fair enough. Yeah, overhaul yeah. out, not necessary. Okay, FPL taxi. What the f do I have to do to get a green arrow this season? Every week I seem to get a reasonable score and a small red. You're all just too good at this game. It's definitely not about me. 
If if you find out, let me know. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is. It's high scoring. It's, it's high thought. I might get away with this week here. Yeah. And then I saw eighties and stuff. I was like, yeah. you fuckers. Uh, <laughs> FPL buddy, looking at Anderson of Blackpool to replace Victor. Thoughts? Yeah, that's fine. Would you? Yeah, it's fine. I, I wouldn't necessarily do it, but as an option to replace him, it's fine. Yeah, either, I'd have Anderson Overgocker at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Quick fire. Um, forever QPR and score FPL. What if I bring in a 4.9 mil defender this game week to use uh, for Budget Busters next game week and that defender goes to 5.0? Is, is he still eligible for the Budget Buster? No. So I have tweeted about this. It's what their market price would be when you play the boost. If you were buying them new, what would their price be? That's what applies. Okay, brilliant. Um, Ski Elf 78, time to get rid of Cornick. Wouldn't seem quite inconsistent and difficult to predict. I wouldn't get rid of him while he's playing up front, but if you've seen enough and want to get rid, then by all means go ahead. I think Budget Boss is brilliant for it, playing up front. But I'll be honest, he'll be on this. If I hadn't got so many other players to get rid of, I'd get rid myself yeah. if I didn't need the money. Um, oh, this person needs to change the name because it gets me every <laughs> time. Shed a bit of a baby. What do you think is a better idea overall into a budget buster or using transfers to get to get to a budget buster than overhauling out? So just kind of uh, said that trust. Oh. Yeah, over- overhauling in if you're going to use the overhaul, but I'd use transfers in and transfers out. Mark Dorney, um, would you bring in Godden or Victor for Budget Buster this game week? Godden. Godden, yeah, definitely. And last question, FPL Ironside. Best long replacements. How long is it before Maxwell is back to replace Grimshaw? Soon, but I'm not certain on Maxwell. Um, I'll give you six options that I've written down to replace uh, Lumley. So the obvious one is Daniels. Yeah. He's, he's the keeper for the same team. <laughs> Baxter at Hull, Moore at Coventry if you haven't already got, uh, Nichols at Huddersfield, Roos at Derby, and Davies at Hull. Not Hull, sorry, Stoke. Yeah. Oh, Davies. Yeah. If Bursic is going to be out, oh, if, then Davies. Yeah, if he's out, yeah. Right, that concludes the pod. Really, we've gone for an hour and a half, so I don't go any longer by yeah. talking about Game Week 19. But um, any questions, just pop them to us on Twitter. Um, as usual... Thank you everyone for listening and for anybody who's watching on YouTube. I hope there is somebody watching on YouTube. Uh, I hope you enjoy this. I am aware on the graphics um, of the players' heat map and stuff like that, it, they've come out blurry and I don't know why because in my folder, in my documents, it's perfect. So if somebody can tell me why, um, I'd really appreciate that so I could fix it for next week because as you all know, I'm useless with technology. Um but yeah, have I missed anything, Angus? No. No, spaces good, good on luck. Thursday? Uh, yeah, because we'll, we'll sort of... Review. That'll be between game weeks, so yeah. we'll do it on Thursday, yeah. Yeah, so spaces on Thursday to kind of review um, game week 19, keep forgetting where we're in. Um, not as detailed as this, but we'll just talk about all the games. And I'll, we'll... I'll talk about my uh, budget buster that I'm playing. There, There's your bombshell at Ooh. the end of the pod. You can't just drop that in there, but you're going to have to um, tweet about it. Yeah, but then we'll be back next Sunday. Um, probably out on Monday because it's quite late now. It's half past 11 Sunday night uh, because we had technical issues. So I'm going to try to get it out on YouTube, but maybe out on Monday. But 
Thank you very much for listening and for watching. Good luck in game week 19.